Hello and welcome to Bradford Hate Crime Alliance and our new podcast series. Today I'm talking to our director Charles Dakers about hate crime, about the organisation and the work that we do and his vision for the future. Welcome to Bradford Hate Crime Alliance and the first ever episode of our new podcast. My name is Fraser, I'm the coordinator for the Alliance and today I'm joined by our esteemed director Charles Dakers. Welcome Charles. Hi. How are you? I'm good thanks. Good. Well, first things first, our new podcast, we're really excited about this. So what do you envisage for our podcast? What do you think it can achieve? Well, I think it will provide an opportunity uh, for people to just talk about their experiences, to share their lived experiences, to share what's happening for them, uh, to do that in, in, in a safe environment yeah. um, and with supportive people like ourselves. Uh and, and, and actually, hopefully people out there will be listening to that and that will inspire and encourage people to either report hate crimes or to support individuals that are experiencing hate crimes. And that's the key, isn't it? It's really is trying to empower people to come forward um, to talk about what they're experiencing because so many people have barriers to, to be able to achieve that, that there is a lot of barriers in place that stop people reporting, stop people speaking out uh, and, and really you know telling the truth about what is occurring for them and what is happening. And it's really important that we try and give people a platform, give mm. people a way of expressing themselves and yes. um, to, to know that they are going to be believed and mm. be heard. And um, hopefully when people listen to their lived experiences, such as hopefully some of your own today, um, that's going to help people think. Okay, well, I can come forward. I can talk to. I can talk about this. Most definitely. Yeah. Um, so we're all on our own special journeys, I suppose, through life. And how did you end up as a director of Bradford Hate Crime Alliance? Well, it was a really strange thing because I, I'd actually retired mm. um, and was enjoying myself cycling and, and trying to generally keep fit. Um, but I, when I worked in local authority, I worked in equality and diversity. Uh, for the greater part within the uh, Department of Human Resources. And um, I, I spent a lot of time working with community groups, mm. working on equality issues and the impact of that on communities uh, and individuals. Um, and one of my earliest pieces of work was did involve uh, Bradford Hate Crime Alliance, right at its very inception. Um, so I was part of a, a group of, of individuals, Martin Baines, who's currently the chair, Frank Hanley, um, a guy called Chris Plowman, who's sadly no longer with us. Mm. Um, we, Chris and myself, did the training for people around hate crime, and um, Martin and Frank Hanley were the strategic leads. Um, so, and, and, and at the time, we thought it was a really, really good project uh, and a really good opportunity for people to to report or begin to consider and report hate crimes across yeah. the district. So it was a really, so so really exciting opportunity, really. And and then obviously working local authority, we had lots of other things to do. So you know the the, the project of Bradford Hate Crime Alliance was born from there, and we had a gentleman called Parveen and an administrator called Jeanette, who who both took on the role of Parveen from the police. Okay. Well, they were both from the police and. Parveen was a police officer mm. and they, they picked up on hate crime directly from that point and it's it's grown to what it is today really so it's, it's been on an interesting journey I suppose for my part um, I was asked latterly, I was asked to work on a project which involved the Spanish police officers um, and having done that um, 
there, there was an opportunity um, for the director's position, and I, and I, I guess I'm at a, a point in my own career when it's it's much more around some elements of altruism really so I'm not working I am not working to try and generate an income I'm working because I genuinely want mm. to do something so being in this environment is something I genuinely want to do um, and actually I can see where I've been so that's quite nice really to be able to do something that is making an impact and, yeah. and having a having an impact on, all, on us all really isn't it? And, and having been there at the inception of Bradford Hate Crime Alliance what did that look like compared to where we are now and, and tell us a little bit about you said it's been an interesting journey so tell us a little bit about that journey yeah I, I, I think it's I mean we've had significant change since we started mm. that we it was over it was over 20 years ago so the considerations for things like you know for trans people for example you know it's a massive shift in where we are and how we see trans people today well trans you people know, weren't even covered it, by hate crime legislation it, it, until 2012 no, no correct yeah. so so this was so so there was so that in itself has been a massive transition in terms mm-hmm. of the way that 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 um that that, that we look at the the issues I, I, for me the other thing was just about the way in which communities accepted difference um, um, and I think we what we have been able to do I think here at Prefer the Crime Alliance what we are doing and starting to do really well is broaden that horizons mm, for people so yeah. we're not limited to just focusing on one aspect of, of, of hate crime and I think traditionally although racially motivated hate crime is higher than the rest it is it is not our sole focus, and it can't be our sole focus. And and, and and I think what we have done in recent times is really broaden that mm. out. Um, and so we can see, and what, what we're beginning to do is build confidence in people to say that isn't this isn't just a, a one-trick pony, that you are looking at a broader, you know, the broad aspects of hate crime, you know, and so, and we work tirelessly to try and make sure that, we're, that, that we are doing that. Really. And then a lot of the awareness work that we do do in communities is to stress the inclusivity of hate crime. We all can be victims of hate crime. Whether or not we identify with a particular protected characteristic or not, we Mm. all can be victims of it. And people don't necessarily recognise that. They do immediately talk about hate crime. They might immediately just think of uh, race hate, for example, or, or religious hatred, because those things are the those are the things that tend to make headlines. Yeah. That's where hate crime legislation essentially was born out of. Yeah. It, it was yeah. the uh, the murder of Stephen Lawrence in 1993 yeah. and the subsequent yeah. McPherson report, which initiated hate crime uh, as we know it today. Yeah. Um, but I think you're absolutely right. I mean, rather than you know, yes, people's perception may be that it's just race or just race and religion. It does encompass so much more. Yeah. And um, we need to cast our net as wide as possible to make sure that all vulnerable people in, in all communities and all protected characteristics feel that we're, we're batting for them, we're out there for them, and we're, yeah. we're, we're here to support them. Most definitely. And I think when you look at mate crime for example mm. you know hate crime is directed towards people with disability and particularly those with with learning disability and the exploitation that takes place and actually where does their voice and how do we pick up on that voice and well, i think for it. us uh, 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 here bhca part of our work is to raise that awareness mm. is to find mechanisms that 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 can and processes that can enable those individuals to report the hate crimes and to and, and to understand actually what's happening to them because i think you know that make crime is a it's a 
it's a particularly pernicious crime, really, because that, it is. Uh, what, what what happens is they're befriending somebody. Mm-hmm. That individual believes that that person is their friend until they take their money, or invade their personal space, or get them to do things. You know, so it, it, it it's just it's it's yeah. I, I, words fail me really when I kind of look at that, and, and you know. So so for me, it's important that we are working towards addressing those issues. Um, and when you look at the pretty poor rates of prosecution for mate crime in particular um you know we would always advocate that that is absolutely a hate crime because there is absolutely prejudice involved uh, against somebody's uh, disability and, and that's why they're acting in that way yeah. just because there's no outward hostility or little evidence of that because obviously they're being friendly mm. as a means to um take advantage of these people um that does not negate the fact that it it stems from prejudice mm. Mm. Uh, and um, their perception of those people because of who they are, because of their, uh, for example, learning disability, uh, and the fact that they feel they can take advantage of that. Mm. Um, that that needs to change. And yeah. I know the Law Commission did sort of um, note that in their recent review that, uh, that perhaps the more weight given to the prejudicial element of mate crime will help more people to to get justice yes yeah yeah and i think being able i think certainly the crown prosecution service being able to to provide so um um uplifts on on sentencing yeah. actually i'm not sure it acts as a deterrent but it certainly is something that at least highlights the seriousness the serious nature of of, of, of some of these crimes so you know, um, and that's really what we want to try to encourage and why we want to try to encourage people to come mm-hmm. forward and report. Because, you know, somebody motivated to commit a crime is one thing. Somebody motivated to commit a crime against someone because of their, you know, their protected characteristic yeah. is, 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 is something totally different. I agree. So, you grew up here in Bradford. What was that experience like for you? And how do you think attitudes have changed over that time in the district? Uh, it's, well, yeah, it, it, it's, uh, it's a funny thing, isn't it? Because I think it, it, it's the circle, for me personally, has broadened. Um, you know, I grew up in, in, in and around Manningham. Uh, I went to school where it was predominantly white people in school. Um I lived in an area that was actually pretty mixed. Um, you know, I was quite fortunate because my, you know, my my um, the young people I grew up with were from all sorts of backgrounds. So, they were, you know, <laughs> there were Estonians, Ukrainians, you know, Poles. There were Pakistanis. There were Indians. You know, the you know the, there were Bajans and Dominicans, Jamaicans. And kind of there was a whole mix of people growing up. Mm. Uh, and I think that 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 really that that helped me to to, to have a better understanding, really. Mm, of, of, yeah. You know, and it was a much more natural process. My my father was, uh, and my parents really were were very pious, so the church was really important to them. Um, but 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 they reflected that in their way of life. So you know, inviting people into our home, you know, sharing food with people, and and actually just, you know, I my experience is having people from all sorts of backgrounds come into our house and and and, and sharing food and and uh, and me just sit and listening as a young person <laughs> to, to, to 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 these individuals and actually watching them come through the door. So I think you know my experience of Bradford has been positive 
in the main, I think as a youngster, I think there were times when, you know, racism did rear its mm -hmm. head. Um, and, and we did have to fight. And, uh, you know, as a young person, I remember in my infant school, you know, I spent a lot of time running around with a shoe in my hand, you know, hitting kids over the head because they'd <laughs> called me, they'd, they'd racially abused me. I didn't know it was racial abuse at the time. I just know I was really upset by what was being said. Mm. And, and, and I'd also, you know, teachers would say to me, sticks and stones, child, sticks and stones. And I'd go, it's all right for you to say sticks well, and stones. Exactly. But, you know, they've hurt me because of what they said. And what can I say to them? Mm. There's nothing I can say to them. So it used to be about action. Um, and, and, you know, and, and I, I don't suppose that's changed a great deal. I think things are far more subtle today. I, I hate to say, you know, um, um, just with the recent thing with David Oliver, his, 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 his plaque being removed, you know, and hidden over in Leeds, you know, you kind of, they don't know where it is, I say hidden, it's, mm. it's been stolen, hasn't it? And, and there was some racist diatribe that sat around it, which has yeah. a clear indication that we think, we think we've got there and actually we've still got, no, a, way to, no, we've no, still no. got a way to go. So for me, it, it, I think, I, I personally, I set off in the journey being really angry and, 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 and fighting my way out of things. Um, and as I've got older, I think I've learned that the pen kind of works a lot better than the sword. Um, and, and so being able to use that. And I think the opportunity here at Bradford 8 Crime Alliance mm. to be able to channel my personal experiences into something positive, you know, it, there's, there's a great, for me, there's a lot, I do empathise where people are at because I understand. Well, that brings like. me to my next question. Actually, I was just going to ask you how you feel that your lived experience does influence your work and also your vision for Bradford 8 Crime Alliance and the journey that we're on. Yeah, I mean... I, in one sense, I, I, I represented the city in, in, in a number of sports, and in mm. particular, ice hockey was yeah. my sport. And and as you can well imagine, there weren't many ice rinks around. There's one, mm -hmm. you know, there's, obviously there's now Leeds now, but, but, but when I was growing up, there's just one. Yeah. And I started life off playing ice hockey in, 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 uh, in Bradford. But I was also able to travel around lots and lots of different places around the country. And and the one thing I did experience quite a lot of is racism. Yeah. So it didn't matter where I went, whether I was in Sunderland, whether I was in Glasgow, whether I was in on the Isle of Wight, you know, whether it was in Harringay, you know, it, it really didn't matter. You know, people knew that they could racially abuse you and they did, mm. you know, and I had a number of police escorts out of ice rinks because of the, wow. because of the, the racism that was directed to it. And I was the only black player on the team. And therefore, you know, I, it, it, listen, it, it, I also used it to drive me. I, you know, I, you know, as a, when, as I say, when I was younger, it used to be the fist that used to drive me. But mm. actually, as I got older, you kind of get a bit smarter. Um, because, well, you just get a bit smarter. People get older, you get older, you get slower, and then you realise that maybe someone's got quicker fists than you have. So you actually have to use your, your head. Uh, and I learned to I learned to be able to do that. So, so I think it, it, it's, you know, my lived experience, applying it to, to Bradford Hate Crime Alliance, is, is, is a no-brainer, really, because mm. it is that thing about, I genuinely want to see people being able to go about their daily business without fear of impunity, without fear of being challenged, without fear of uh, uh, of somebody coming and attacking them or speaking to them in, in, in an inappropriate way. So 
and I wouldn't want that happen to me or anybody in my family or anybody that I care about. So it's just a natural process to try at least be in this position to affect some of that change and to mm. make those things different for people. So it's important. Uh, and oh, I think, it's so important. Yeah, and I think just be, having the opportunity to do it is 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 exciting um, and a privilege. And, yeah, it is mm. a privilege, and I think and I think I think for me it's about innovation as well trying to find innovative ways to do that so the the hate crime web app which we've just worked on with the university uh which will be you know going live shortly there will be is, a whole episode of our podcast <laughs> on the hate crime web oh, app fantastic. we will be yeah, telling you all about that it's fantastic we're really excited about it mm. But but that's just one aspect of something that we want to do i think you know having yourself Fraser as our coordinator you know just the inspiration that you bring to the to the team i think it, it actually you know we've had some really positive feedback about what we're doing mm. and how we're doing it not just from those people that, that that provide our funding but actually from individuals outside of those arenas so we you know the police schools voluntary sector you know yeah. that you know we are we are really rapidly changing the way in which people look at bradford Air crime alliance and i'm excited about that yeah it is really exciting and necessary because we're living in times whereby you know there's a lot of pushback there's a lot of people that don't think we should even have hate crime legislation full stop it should just be done away with it's just virtue signaling snowflakery wokeism all of that um nonsense that people kind of use and weaponize now to 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 make an argument um what do you feel about that the times that we're living in and and it's that sense of you know, we make a lot of progress and we look back and you think, well, wow, actually, you, you've said it yourself just in this interview. There's been progress. There's been definite progress yeah. um, since 20, 30, 40 years ago. But sometimes we move forward fast. Sometimes we need to just slow down. And, and sometimes there's that pushback and we have to kind of ride that wave before we can move forward again. It's yeah. frustrating, yeah. but it's just, it is what it is yeah it, it is what it is and i think it, I, I think it is frustrating but i think we actually have to it's the old carry on thing isn't it carry on regardless um I, 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 and i think we just have to do that i think if we get drawn into any of that then that mm. that really can detract from 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 the agenda really and that's usually the idea it's pulling us away from the real agenda um I, and I think this whole notion of political re- correctness and all that, you know, just, just it, it, it's another way of people going, oh, well, you know, what are you actually doing? And, you know, is that, how important is it? And what about this? And what, you know, so yeah. I think people try and throw the things into the, into the, into the, um, into the well. And you go, oh, actually, uh, yeah, you just decipher a lot of it and just go, well, it's just, it's just white noise. Forget it. It is just white noise and smoke screen. And, uh, and shouldn't undermine our work at all. Mm. No, no, and I, and I think that the key for me is that, uh, for us not to get knocked off track by yeah. any of that. It is very much so, and I think it's just you know. As a, I know as a youngster growing up in school, you know the one thing if you didn't like the subject, what you'd do is <laughs> try and bring something up. And if you had a teacher that you could really distract, you'd bring someone else up and they'd get straight into it. You know, start talking about astronomy or whatever. You go, oh yeah, yeah, this mm. is really good. But actually, it is about us remaining on track, staying on track, and not getting knocked off kilter. You know, and there's so many things happen that can knock you off. And, you know, and I think that the other thing is, is that 
for some of our agendas you know you're working on a particular issue let's say around you know, around homophobia and then something yeah. happens on a racial agenda mm-hmm. and then you you know it's about how we keep that balance going you know and i think that's so in, so important we cannot be seen to be prioritizing one over the other mm-hmm. but it's a, it's it's a, it's, it's a, a real yeah. juggle it's a, it's a skill to be able to do that i love i love the opportunity of being able to do it um And I think it's important that we show that and we Mm -hmm. model it because it is difficult whether you're leading an organisation or part of an organisation, part of a community or leading a community. I think it's a a difficult juggle. I think you do need role models and I'd like to think that what we are doing is is being exemplars Mm. and showing people how to do that. And just going back to an earlier point that you made regarding the, the impact of hate crime and that people necessarily don't, completely comprehend just how devastating it can be for people Um, and it's just not okay that people have to live their lives like that and 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 it's again being a bit person centred but really focusing on on the people that are suffering from this and and trying to look at it from their perspective and and understand what their lived experience really is like Mm. and and to appreciate that and to respect it Mm. Mm. I I think when you do you know the the, the example I gave about sport, the one thing I could mm. do is the game would be over and I could walk away from that and go back home again. And I think for some of our victims, when they talk about their experience of hate crime, they can't walk away. There's no escape. There's no escape no. because this is who they are. Uh, and, and you know, and it's a bit like your neighbour racially or homophobically or, or abuses you in some way and directs hate crime towards you. Mm. That's your neighbour. So how do you kind of live next door to that person? You know, can you afford to move? If it's not even your own home, can you afford the rent somewhere else? Well, you know, so, and will people take you seriously? I think it's just, it's huge. Uh, and the reason I'm giving the sport an example is you can always go, okay, the game's over, I'm off home, mm. right? So yeah, you're upset, and you, you know, but but actually, and if you're living next door, to if people you're living next door, you, exactly. that, you're, you're stuck. Exactly, and I think this is where that has to drive us, and I think that has to be part of our strive to make things better for people, and actually getting folk to take responsibility. It's very easy for for our social landlords yeah. to just be concerned about their rent. And not about their, their you know, their, 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 their client, you know what I mean? So, so it's, it is that thing about trying to get people to take these issues seriously. You know? Across all of society, it's, the, there may be people that live in an area where they just don't witness anything like what we're talking about, like the lived experiences of the people that we're going to be talking to throughout mm. this, this podcast mm. series, um, and, and therefore just have no conception of, of what hate crime really is. Um, however, it is all of our responsibilities to, to come together and to, to, to deal with this. It's something that mm. we do stress as part of mm. our awareness training when we mm. go out into the community. It's so important to recognise that it might not be you, and you you know you might have an escape. You might, but other people don't. Mm. And put yourself in their position. What would, what would you feel like? Yeah. if you had to live like that and and just changing the way that we deal with these problems like you mentioned about if 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 you're being abused by neighbors quite often the solution tends to be to remove the victim from the scenario yeah that's the wrong answer yeah 
Yeah, yeah, and I, and I, and I think it, it's about how do we turn that around? Mm. How do we shift that? How do we shift the thinking of of a landlord, for example, to go actually? What you need to do is is, is remove the perpetrator, That's not it. the victim. You know, um, but, but but from their point of view, it, it's money in their pocket. Mm-hmm. So so they're not wanting to lose the money that's going into their pocket but we want them to address the problem so you know sometimes it's about it's about trying to provide solutions that 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 suits everybody you know i, I mean just and, and the restorative practice an element of this really comes to the fore because invariably what we talk about is how we how we work with someone and it's really hard i think sometimes yeah. to have the victim sat in front of the perpetrator and having some sort of discussion about it and 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 it, it, it it's really quite a special process really for to have somebody mm-hmm. say actually you hurt me when you said this or when you did this this hurt and for the other person on the other end to really be be able to receive that and to recognize the impact of their behavior on someone else um and i think that's pretty hard to come to because we can be quite dismissive as a, as a race of people. We can be quite dismissive. So it's like, well, yeah, so what? And actually it is that bit about, mm. you know, you need to understand that that your behaviour, my behaviour has an impact on others. And, and actually, if I've upset somebody, then I need to be, as a bloke, man enough to be able to say, I'm really sorry. Yeah. And actually, and genuinely sorry, not just some platitude, but genuinely sorry for my behaviour. Because, I, listen, there are occasions when I just open my mouth to change feet. But I'd like to think that I'm I'm aware enough about my own behaviour and attitude to know when I've said something that's unacceptable and to be able to, and to be genuinely able to apologise for that and make some steps to kind of change that. And I think that's, listen, we're all different. We're all going to say and do things. We but, are. I think, but I think it's how we behave once we've done that. And once somebody's highlighted something to you, mm. don't get defensive. Accept that actually maybe you are wrong. You know, and try well, to it's always an indication point. that, you know, as much as we like to all believe we're all self-aware, we're not all mm. self-aware and we all can improve our self-awareness. I'm sure will be a whole episode on self-awareness. <laughs> it is really key to kind of understanding how this yeah. all works and, yeah. and why people treat people the way they do. Yeah. Um, yeah. But if somebody does that, I think you're absolutely right. We, you know, that is a sign. If, if you're getting defensive about something, that's a sign that you're not being aware enough. Yeah, that's right. That's and exactly that you right. need to do some homework on yourself. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think for that, and that's a really important point to that phrase, I think that thing about people doing homework on themselves mm-hmm. is really important. We can't possibly know everything. You know, and I think sometimes it's just that thing about having some curiosity, exactly. asking questions, yeah. and actually informing yourself. But you know, being better informed, trying to understand, you and know, wanting to understand. Yeah. We should all want to understand. Yes, yes, and, and, and actually, there needs to be arenas and mechanisms to help people to understand. Yeah. Um, you know, we've moved away from. I think it was described as feely, touchy training and, and, and personal development stuff. And I think we really are coming back to this era of people needing far more personal development. Yeah, you know, yeah. I think this whole isolation of being sat in front of a computer doing your education and learning 
is not interactive enough. You know, there isn't. It hasn't helped, has it? No, it hasn't. And I, I don't think there's anything quite like being in a room with mm. someone, you know, and with others. And actually, that whole atmosphere, that an environment that's created that's as a result true. of that, it, it, it's just, it's just very powerful. And actually, it's not always the words. You know, it, it, the words are only a small percentage of how we kind of learn. That's it. You know, the the remainder is about our body language, the mm. musicality, all the rest. Of it. You don't necessarily pick that up when you're looking at somebody through a screen or you know on a two-dimensional basis, really. If they've got their camera switched on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. This is the other thing, isn't it? Switch your, can you switch your camera on, please? Yeah. yeah. So, anyway, we're nearly out of time. So um, there's so much work that we need to do. There's so much work still to be done. So where do you envisage Bradford Hope Come Alliance in, say, 12 months' time, in five years' time, 10 years' time? Short-term, long-term goals? Well, I think in, in, in the short term, I think it's about the hate crime strategy and trying to ensure that the, some of the basics are embedded. So and the hate it, crime yeah. strategy, having created that, we've now got a framework in which we can address hate crime Indeed. within. I think in the medium term, it is about encouraging people and finding mechanisms that can actively encourage people to, to support and encourage others to report hate crime. And I think also, I think what I'd like to see is, is, is that we have more volunteers coming forward to, to us to kind of, to learn from us, to, to, for us to learn from them, but actually to, to have, uh, I guess, a bit of a movement around hate crime, yeah, around hate crime. Because yeah. for me, it's, I don't want people to see Bradford as a hotbed of hate crime and actually you come to Bradford and actually it's going to be a hate crime experience but what I want people to see is that actually if you experience a hate crime in Bradford then it will get addressed mm -hmm. genuinely addressed that's it people will pick it up so so I think in the long term what I want to be able to see is is, is a, um, a a city that is open that, that enables people to come and enjoy themselves and, and, and be who they are without fear you know, and I think that's, you know, as a long-term aim, I think that's all we can hope mm. for. And actually, that, that somebody provides us a bit more funding to be able to realise some of these <laughs> dreams, really. But, but then that's always, that's always the issue. I mean, we work with what we've got. But, yeah, I think in the long-term, people being able to come to our city and feel, and feel confident and happy about being here. And we work outside the box. We're forward-thinking and we're, we're, we're not trying to work in, in blinkers. We're, we're, we really are focusing on things that we... Try and foresee um, on the horizon, yeah, yeah, looking yeah. at new and emerging communities across the district, making sure that our provision is as inclusive as it can yes. possibly be, yeah, yeah. Um, and going above and beyond. Yeah, I think that horizon scanning is so important, and I think, and that's the thing about you know how innovative are we? You know, do are we just reliant on somebody opening a computer and filling in a form or walking into a centre and doing that? I think we, you know, the, the, the hate crime app is, is is a way and means of us trying to put that right at the hands of everyone. Mm. And I mean everyone. So the the, the, the the web app is is accessible to all. It's not just the you know it's not just a two dimensional tool. It's 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 lots of things that, that actually people can access. Uh, I, I think also that 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 the reporting centres that we've got around the district move into a different arena because I, I you know I do think that it is important that people still have places where they can report. It's about vital, you know. But I do think that you know in the twenty first century people want to be able to access things from their mobile phones. 
we're also working on the new web uh, our new web page yeah um and again that's about trying to modernize things really trying to bring things Absolutely. to the 21st century we're limited in terms of the resources but nonetheless we're not limited in our creativity and I think that's the thing is we're not going to be stifled by the fact that we haven't got enough resources I think you know the, you know we that, that makes us more creative mm-hmm. really in terms oh, definitely. of our approach yeah and one of those things being the infomercial series that we're planning and yes. soon yes. to go into production very excited about yes. that little bite-sized yes. chunks of information and handy hints and for people to 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 use and and to share that uh, hopefully will help people really deal with the issues that they're facing on a daily basis. Absolutely, I think finding being able to provide people with little toolkits mm. that can fit them, you know, and hearing from others, it, it absolutely is, is, is just inspirational. It is, it is. And, and it's within your own, it's within your own comfort zone. You exactly. know? So I think that's that's really important. Yeah. Well, Charles, thanks for talking with us today. No, thank you. (laughs) And I'm sure we'll be doing so again soon. (laughs) Thanks, Fraser. Take care. Cheers. Well, we hope that conversation gives you an idea of some of the work we do here at Bradford Hate Crime Alliance. If you've got any feedback for us, you'd like to ask a question or reach out for help and support, please get in touch. You can call us on 0800 169 1664. That's 0800 169 1664. Or you can email information at bradfordhatecrimealliance.org.uk. Thanks for your time. Thanks for being with us. And we'll see you again very soon. But in the meantime, please take care. And remember, we are listening. <laughs>